total black experience in the South. In stereo. We're in the BX right now, New York City subway, waiting for the train. This is what makes this podcast a five-star podcast. Spontaneity, done anytime, anyplace, wherever, and whenever. And we're going to try to give you a play-by-play of what's going on when we enter the train, when it eventually comes. We may see some ill shit on the train. We may not. But the mic is on, and the mic is inconspicuous. So if some wild shit happens, I'm going to do some play-by-play because I'm also not only a podcast host, I am the color analyst of this, that, and the third with G. Moody. The audio will be crisp and clear. This is Tree I own a business. I own a job. This is a nine to five job. I'm sorry, you need anything? Oh, this is a nine to five job. I don't work for nobody, but I own a nine to five job. I'm trying to own a real business. That's all my head, busting my ass. I hear you. I gotta do this for now. Right. I'm getting into the real vending machine business, bro. I hear you. I'm trying to let my money work for me. Entrepreneurs on the train. Peace, bro. All right. Happy New Year to all the fans around the world. October 2018, we came out with this podcast. Instantly, five-star status, man. New York-style podcasting. We had a great episode last episode. We was in Red Lobster on 125th Street in Harlem. We didn't expect there to be a DJ. This is the only Red Lobster I've ever been in where they had an actual DJ playing all the fly shit. Shout out to my man, DJ Masai. The Boogie Down Bronx, he was rocking there among other places around the city. And based on the music, I knew Homeboy knew what he was doing. And then he provided Red Lobster with great beats. And I had to pull out the mic and interview my man. And we had a great time. He enhanced the time. So if you're in New York City at any time, hit that Red Lobster on 125th Street in Harlem on Fridays, man. The DJ is off the chain, man. An array of great music that will enhance your eating. New York style podcasting done in a conversational way. Make sure you rate and review this podcast, like I said, and subscribe to this podcast. It's fantastic. It's five stars. It's the pyramid of podcasting, and the rest of these motherfuckers is on some Stonehenge bullshit. And I say that because I put my stamp on this podcast, baby. I don't record the vocals and give it to anyone and they shape it. Nah, I put my own stamp on it because the title is This, That, and the Third with who? G. Moody. So everything about this podcast is me. And of course, Chocolate E, the structural engineer who keeps me on point because sometimes I bug out. We're only bugging. This not another person who sounds like me. Indubitably, there will never be. Yeah, man, shout out to my man Trash out there in the Natty, Cincinnati. He sent me a text saying, yo, G, can you talk about D-Wade and his son? Because D-Wade, former NBA player, is now calling his son a she because his son wanted to be called a she. 
And I thought about it, I said, you know, I gotta handle this shit a certain way. I'ma jump in Dwayne Wade's shoes. Try to jump in his shoes. The way I would do it, this shit is family business, yo. This is for our family. This is not for me to broadcast to the world. You do it when you become of age. You're only 11 years old. I'ma call your ass she in the crib. And when you get a certain age, you tell the world, this is what you wanna do. This is our family, man. This is not for public consumption because you are only 11, motherfucker. You didn't even have sex yet. That's how I would handle it. I wouldn't ridicule my son, wouldn't do it. But I wouldn't be putting his life on a platter for motherfuckers. So we don't judge D-Wade. A lot of cats going at D-Wade mad hard. Can't judge that dude. I put myself in his shoes. And if I was faced with that, how would I react? It would be private because it's a family matter. So when my son becomes of a certain age and he wants to share that with the world, then it's on her. I want you to just think about what I just said. The music just moves and grooves. The state of Florida crafts an appeal to catch a crafty NFL owner. Robert Kraft, who they say engaged in felonious behavior at a spa slash brothel in Florida, that was under surveillance. Their investigation culminated in numerous felony charges against everyone at the spa slash brothel. And the state of Florida believes anyone seen purchasing prostitution services from the spa's resident head coach, as did Mr. Kraft, committed a felony. They not finished with you, Robert Kraft. They trying to amp it up to turn those misdemeanors into a felony because you was getting serviced from the head coach on multiple occasions while the joint was being cased. Stay tuned. Looking to see who's behind you. Hoping like hell they don't find you. Trying to hide any place that you can. Just how long can you duck the man? Yeah, on this particular episode, we are headed back to Brooklyn. My man KB Larone, aka Kelvin, is back from his foray all over the globe. Homeboy is an international traveler. He always imparts great knowledge on the wonders of traveling, inspiring cats to see the world and judge the world for yourself. So, of course, we had to head back to BK and talk to my man, KB Larone, on this episode. So let's get into this shit right now as I head to Brooklyn. Let's go. New York Style Podcast live in BK, my hometown. You know, I'm from Brownsville, so we love to be back in Brooklyn. I'm at Dinosaur Barbecue with a guest 
You know this cat, man. We had a good talk months ago. International traveler, my man KB Laron. He came back from an array of different countries. I saw the pictures. I was so envious. You know, well, you've been doing traveling too. I mean, yeah. you know, I've been seeing you pop uh, no, around. Nothing is like traveling internationally. Nothing like If you like go it. different states, basically the same Basically shit. the same right. thing. When you go abroad and the money triples. Yes. That's a better vacation. My travels, I prefer to go to places where you get the best bang for your buck. You know, for the most part, like, you know, pretty much any part of like Southeast Asia. So like the last two years, like I've been spending a lot of time there, uh, mostly in Thailand, Vietnam, and Malaysia. Now, people would ask, how are you getting paid out there? Are you working online? What's going on? Are you out there doing some nefarious bullshit? What's going on? <laughs> nefarious. <laughs> oh, T. Moody. <laughs> no, actually, like I'm in a process of starting like a line with a friend that I met in Thailand. And I've also been getting paid through commissions through an e-commerce site. So that's how I've been funding like this whole uh, existence. I mean, I'm not killing it, but uh, I think if I kind of keep on like this, uh, this wave that I'm on, I think within the next two to three years, things will be different. Mm. You know, mm. they're good now, but like, you know, I want them to be better. You always want better. That's, more, what, that's what's up. Bigger, stronger, faster. Yeah, you Steve Austin. <laughs> <laughs> Six million dollar man. Right, right. Lee majors. Exactly. Now you said also, you told me that you was uh, training Muay Thai. Yes, yes, I was playing, I was training, yes, yes. So are you, now I went to some matches out there. Yes. Uh, I went to Lumpini Stadium. Yep. And I, this is Bangkok, Thailand we're talking about. I have never seen the ferocity of the kicks hitting the shins that are reverberating around the arena. And (laughs) I, I couldn't believe that they were still standing. But, you know, I must say, you know, I don't know if you've ever had, like, a leg kick, uh, you know, full. I hit my shin on the bedpost, (laughs) and I go down. (laughs) Like, crumple down. Right, right. And when I went to see the match, the little kids were kicking each other, and you could hear it. Yeah, it's like a splat. And it was like nothing to them. Yeah. For me, Muay Thai is a very ancient martial art. Uh, But I feel like, you know, the conditioning and the discipline that it has given me over the last two years has completely like bled into other aspects of my life. And I completely encourage anyone to do it. But you know, the endorphin rush and the endorphin dump after uh, uh, learning it and perfecting your kick and, and sparring is just uh, is unlike anything I've, I've ever done in my life before. Mm, damn. And I encourage people to do it. You sparred? Uh, you know, fighting <laughs> the drunk motherfucker in the, in the town. They say, "Oh, we got the American guy here. We're gonna let him fight the drug dude." Well, you know, the thing is, like, I mean, a lot of guys go out there to kind of like, you know, cut, you know, cut their teeth, you know, with that stuff. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you know, it's younger guys. Yeah. You know, I mean, in your I'm class. Like, yeah, 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 they can't, they can't try to kill you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and through me traveling, uh, uh, or me doing the Muay Thai, I met this uh, girl who invited me to go to Switzerland. Uh, I met her kickboxing, my friend Serena. She was uh, doing Muay Thai uh, with me in Thailand, and I completely met her, and her mother and her sister came out to Thailand, and through all that, the mother was like, well, if you're ever in Europe, you know, please come stay with with us. Like, right. you know, I was like, yeah, I've never been to Switzerland. Right. So, uh, so she lives in Basel, which is like, uh, the, they say the fourth most expensive city in the world. Dang. So she invited me out there, and, uh, you know, it was weird, like, you know, being a, you know, brother from, like, you know, That's the what state. I want to see. Get, 
you in Switzerland, you got to be the only brother in sight no, at, well, at certain times. Yeah. And you uh, had any problems? Were you yeah. in Bensonhurst? No. <laughs> you know or Howard, that, Howard Beach? Yeah. No, no. I mean, you know, so I actually stayed with her. Uh, I stayed with her. She lives with her sister. And, you know, they live in kind of like a, this place called Rotensdorf. She's like, people, we don't really go out to eat here. She's like, we pretty much cook all the time. I was like, yeah, that's completely, I'm fine with that. She's like, but you, we're going to go in, we're going to drive to France in the morning. And I was like, cool, you know? Yeah. I was like, why are we going to France? She's like, well, you know, so, so groceries are probably uh, two-thirds cheaper when you hop over the border. So oh. a lot of Swiss hop over the border to France and get their groceries and then come back to Switzerland. So compared to the Swiss, I guess the Swiss look at Paris as like we go into the 99 cent store. Pretty much. <laughs> You're going to, some, we're going to Family to Dollar. Some, <laughs> to get some groceries. <laughs> They're getting some spam and some like sardines. And, and it's Paris. Yeah. <laughs> there is no poverty in Switzerland. But the thing is, like, I feel like people are way more modest about their money. Yeah, they. You know what I mean? Like, they got money, but like, they. There's ain't, not like, a puff, uh, a Swiss puff daddy. No, I mean, I'm sure there. <laughs> Every single city that I, I've gone to, I always take a, a tour. Um, you know, sometimes it's free walking tours, uh, or sometimes you know I'll get something off of Airbnb. But I think it's really important so you can learn the history of where you're at, and I think this is truly, truly, truly important. Homeboy selling DVDs. Nobody buys DVDs anymore, man. Cats are streaming things. Outdated entrepreneur. Watching the Nick game again. You, got, you, know, you ain't got shit else to do, so you put on the Nick game just to look at the futility of these motherfuckers. And I noticed that Mike Breen, the announcer who works with former Nick, great Clyde Frazier, I noticed that he has to try and add excitement to a horrible product that's being displayed on Madison Square Garden's court. And I noticed that in order to try and add excitement to the boring games, Mike Breen of the Knicks has to use his signature bang. You know, he does that when somebody dunks or hits a three-pointer in a clutch part of the game. Mike Breen will go bang. It gets everybody hyped. That's his signature thing. But he's doing the Knicks games. And there is no bang. There is no excitement. So he has to say bang when they call a timeout. Bang! 
when they get a steal. Bang! You got a great announcer who they cannot utilize because these guys are not up to par. Arm extend right with a shot like Glenn Rice. Put your mom in all black and your pops in pinstripes. Woo! Come with a few burglar and boars. Love searching in drawers. Lifting up your t-shirt and your drawers. Uh -huh. Making stuff that they can murder you for. They love squirting them fours. Leave your brain cells splurging on floors. You can catch the germ flirting with whores. And something purple on uh -huh. Like the Diablo yeah. with vertical yeah. doors. Yeah, eight, uh, eight time. Shouldn't have to spray guys and stop motion from the waistline. To the AIs, I'm just trying to lay rhyme till I'm sent to the grave. Seen in the center of blaze with sin. But time is short, and the road is long. In the blinking of an eye, that moment's gone. 2019 NBA number one draft pick hasn't played a game yet. Zion Williamson out of Duke University. Remember last year I said, yo, why play in these meaningless games in college if you already got the lock to be the NBA number one draft pick? It doesn't make any sense. You are risking your career, you're risking your racks, your money. I suggested chill. So he didn't chill. He played in a game at Duke University, and he injured his right knee. And it seemed to be minor. And then the following year, he goes to the NBA, plays in a preseason game, re-aggravates that same knee. Confirms what I said. Chill if you are a lock to be number one, whether you play or not. Now the medical staff at the New Orleans Pelicans looked at his knee and said, man, we got to tweak the way this guy walks and runs. Uh-oh. Uh, people have asked me, like, you know, have I ever felt racism uh, being overseas? And then I think about it, and I'm like, you know, I think there was maybe, a, or I think we talked about this, maybe a couple moments, like, you know, I could tell, you know, people weren't familiar, but I don't think it was, like, racism per se. And I think a lot of it is because of the way I, I carry myself. You know, I don't, I don't fucking have my pants down to my ass, and, um, you know. Yeah, you're uh, too old for that. Yeah, I'm too old for that. And, you know, and maybe you know, I am a little bit older, too, so maybe that's... A, a bit more disarming and you know and you can tell when people are kind of know up to up to no good you know and I, and I think I just come across as like someone who's open to uh, other people like usually I have a camera in my hand or I'm taking pictures or I'm in a cafe or I'm at a I'm at a museum like I'm not you know loitering all right, <laughs> I'm, right. Not, I'm not loitering outside of a, a place right right do you stay in uh, more Airbnb or Everything's situational with me, and it depends on where I go. So, like, when I travel, uh, if I don't know anyone at the particular country that I'm going to, I always, 100%, always uh, get a hostel. I think that's the best way, to, if you're a solo traveler, is to get a hostel. And I just feel like I gain more uh, out of being in a hostel. Half the countries I've been to, like, I didn't know anyone. But like I go into a, a place, and then usually they usually have like a common area, you know. Next, you know, you're you may be watching like a movie on like DVD, and these people are from, you know, Amsterdam, and this guy's from Berlin, and then you all just have a commonality of uh, that you're all in this moment, and you're traveling together, and and then someone's like, oh, well, I'm going on a tour of this place, and and I heard about this restaurant. It's a great feeling because I feel like my relationships with people or my conversations with people are similar. Like the conversation that we have tonight, 
like I don't we don't you do you talk like this a lot hell no <laughs> <laughs> you know when I was in Bali and you know I reached out like I was like oh uh, there's like another group of, of black packers who live in Bali and I was like oh well I'm I'm gonna be in Bali for the next couple days and you know and a couple people reached out to me oh there were there's a dinner in a boot which is this beautiful part of Bali, which is very spiritual. And they're like, yeah, we're having like a little dinner party. Why don't you come through? Came through. Uh, I'll show you a picture later. And it was all these amazing people. And we, in the conversations we had that night, you know, we were talking about like with the difference of like traveling, uh, uh, of uh, uh, living in a country that's not, uh, you don't have the divisiveness, how much more you can take care of yourself, how much your diet has improved, how much weight you've lost. How much more spiritual you are, how much more grateful you are for your parents. Like, it's just eye opening to see people happy. When you have constant stress of like trying to keep up with the Joneses, like that affects your health. And like you emotionally eat, you mostly drink. When I'm overseas, dude, I don't, I don't have those same pressures and I'm healthier and like I, I'm more in tune with myself and it's just better, man. You know what I mean? And when you have a deep conversation with people about things that really matter, like that makes you a better person dude like you know like i don't like motherfuckers who are like complaining all the time i mean you know people like that dude who just like complain and bitch i'm born atomically socrates philosophies and hypotheses can't define how i be dropping these mockeries lyrically perform armed robbery flee with the lottery possibly they spotted me battles guard shogun explosion when my pen hits tremendous ultraviolet shine blind forensics i inspect you through the future see millennium killer bees sold 50 gold 60 platinum Sticking to my guns as far as health, I, like I said, I'm in the um, halftime of my life, so you really gotta stick to it because what you do now can affect the future, and the future for me is old. So you gotta think about what you do now so you don't be stooped over and all fucked up. Nah, I don't wanna be like that. So now is the time to really work on my body. I never worked on my body. Cause I'm slender, I'm svelte, I have an athletic build. I've always had that. Now I wanna add a little defining qualities to my physique. And I'm going to focus on eating healthy. You know, usually you do that and it's like for like two weeks and then you get back to the pizzas, the heroes, the fried chicken because you feel, yo, I did that for two weeks. Now I could go back. No, I got to stay there because it's a very important time in my life, in the scope of it. Because like I said, I'm at halftime. So what I do now, I probably could stay this young, svelte, slender physique for the next 10 years. And that is my resolution to stick to my guns regarding health because what I do now affects the future. And Morocco is like, you know, it's like you're like in Bethlehem, like back in the day, dude. It's like, 
there's like it's like goats and like straws and yeah. everything like that and and I will never forget like you know they have like live chicken mark so they'll have like you know 100 chickens and people like you know they grab the chickens by the neck do they slot execute them execute them like yeah. right there you know and it's just and skin them right there yep. and it's just like and it's a thing you know and it's it's shocking in Korea they have that oh, where it's just like that's part of the market you see these motherfuckers getting strangled <laughs> that's part of the, that's part of the market, and like it's like no thing, and then the whole thing with you know this you know sometimes you'll be there's like flies like everywhere, everywhere, <laughs> you know. I saw some meat markets. I said, man, they need to close this motherfucker down. It flies. It's like like a whole <laughs> layer of flies over yeah, the meat. I know, dude. I know. <laughs> and everybody's like, it's like no problem. Yeah. Where's, yeah. The, where's the USDA? <laughs> They're laying on the meat, laying eggs. That's why they're not there watching TV. <laughs> but you know, it was another cool thing is like, you know, sometimes I have to um, go to McDonald's. I don't eat at McDonald's when I'm in the States, but Me every, either. but I would have to like, you know, I have to balance everything out. You know, I gotta get, get a Big Mac. Gotta get a Big Mac and like French fries. You know what I mean? Like just to kind of like balance, like pH balance my stomach out. You yeah. know what I mean? Happened to me. <laughs> When we uh, got to, I was going to, I was taking a bus to, uh, to the port to go to Cosimet. Uh huh. And by the bus station is, and McDonald's. Uh huh. And it was like a magnet. I <laughs> 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 the same thing happens to me, man. If I see a McDonald's, right. man, it's crazy. Because, <laughs> you know, the bread and the cheese yeah. <laughs> and the meat and, like, the ketchup. You're like, because, like, you've been eating noodles and, and Actually, rice and, and I grills. I so tired of them fucking noodles. <laughs> when I saw that Big Mac, <laughs> I killed it. two of these motherfuckers. <laughs> and then I got on the bus. <laughs> but this is international travel. This is how you feel as an American after maybe two weeks <laughs> you know people thinking like i'm on this island like it's completely remote no there's like i'm on an island but they got a you know they got an h&m they got a hooters you know what i mean they got everything, everything but you know but then you got the you got the island life i mean you know and that's magical that you can't you can't get here right i think traveling completely expand expands um your mind uh it expands so many different elements of you being a human being like you see so many different facets of being what a what of seeing what a human being is all about and I just feel like when you're traveling like you know you put yourself in a completely different world and and I think that's good and I think it's helpful and I make and I think it expands like your your psyche and your mind and your perspective on life and I'm, I'm blessed and I'm really blessed that I've been able to travel like the last two years you know most people wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing um, and you know I kind of started to the game like relatively late like on a journey like this but uh, you know what? If you know, God forbid, anything happens to me tomorrow, I can I can honestly say like I completely went for it. You know what I mean? A lot of people can't even say that. You know what I mean? It's very important. It's not just going to uh, have a good time. It's very important to open your eyes on your situation. Exactly. Not not so much what you're seeing because. You know, you have a lot of money, and it's different experience than the natives in that country. Oh, completely. But for you, as an American, to realize how you know good you really have it. Oh, in, the, in comparison, aware of. I enjoy. It. Like I, I'm, I'm a, I've been on this ride for two years. I don't know how much longer I'm gonna be doing it for, but like, I'm not gonna stop. And my goal is to hit 100 countries. Uh, right now, I'm about like 28 or 29 countries. 
it's, it's really addictive and it's not as hard as people think it is to do. It's cheaper for me to live in those countries than it is for me to fucking be uh, uh, here in the state. Like my, like my rent, you know, like, you know, I pay, you know, sometimes between $1,300 and $1,500 a month in Thailand. That's everything covered with ancillary things. So I'm just living a much better, freer life. And I just want to just keep this going on. And, and you know, and it's, you know, we love to tell your listeners that it's way easier. All you have to do is just get the ticket. Just get the ticket out there, you know, and, it's, and it may not be forever. But just try it because there's so much more out there. And just like, you know, just... Just hop in there and just do it. Inconspicuous podcasting is a part of New York style podcasting. The mic is hidden in plain sight. I want the mic hidden in plain sight so you can be yourself when you see G Moody walking up the street talking. Looks like I'm talking to myself, but I'm not. I'm talking to the world, producing content that keeps the listener content because it's contentious and contagious, which means you will subscribe to it and tell a friend, rate, review, go to Apple Podcasts to do that. If you want to support such a podcast, go to anchor.fm slash G Moody. New York style podcasting done in an inconspicuous way along with being conversational. So you can feel like, yo, I feel like I'm talking to this dude. I feel like we on a train together and he's kicking current events and giving opinions that are rooted in independent thinking. We don't follow. We don't go with the flow. You use your mind, critical thinking, reasonable deduction, and you come out with content that's unique and original. There's only one G Moody on this beautiful planet. So the content should be unique. The music is another level. Pick up a tempo. From what I've been so hard not to bite, but you can't prevent. So you start to kidnap. I watch the kid rap. When he get off, he know he shouldn't have did that. Minor old time, a weak drama, stand liner. You won't be inclined to go so yo. Maybe later you're gonna be. But for now, you're almost one of me. Not an image of imitation. Take it from origination. Made by chasing in a little erasure. So perform. If it still ain't born, maybe after a road by the host with the most it's a musical massacre. I wish Americans uh, uh, did more traveling, international traveling. In America, we're kind of like this big amorphous thing, and, and we're kind of the same thing. you got to step outside that to really appreciate what you have. I think so. All right, we're going to wrap this up. This is Daddy Third with G. Moody, live, Dinosaur Barbecue, BK, Brooklyn, with my man, KB Laurent, International Travel. I'm going to give him that title, correspondent, because he imparts great knowledge when he comes on this podcast, and we thank him for that. And hopefully, he will start his own podcast so you could follow this motherfucker instead of waiting for him to come on to my podcast. <laughs> this is Danny Dirt with G Moody, New York Style Podcasting, live at Dinosaur Barbecue in Brooklyn. Total black experience in South in stereo.